the game is done. David, you are my favorite Dodger insider. Time for Dodger Talk. If you ready for the brand new thing, let me hear you. We break down all the action and give you your chance to react. David Vazay is going to join us. LA's favorite son. 866-987-2570. We are rolling, boys, rolling. It's time for Dodgers baseball. All right. Dodger Nation. Dodger Talk is brought to you by Chef Marito. Seasoning partner of the Dodgers. By Navian Tankless Water Heaters. For endless hot water, visit tanklessmadesimple.com. And by Chevrolet. Buy new roads. And now your host for Dodger Talk, David Vesey. Welcome to Dodger Talk. David Vasse live at Dodger Stadium with you until 1130 tonight at 866-987-2570. The Rockies beat the Dodgers tonight 5-2. to two. They have won uh, three in a row against the Dodgers with one more to play tomorrow in game six of this series and the finale of this regular season that has seen the Dodgers be the best in baseball with 110 wins. And Rick Monday has been there for every single inning of every single win this year. He can't wait to be back tomorrow morning with David Vassay. <laughs> Rick is spending the night in the front row of the booth. <laughs> He's the best. Always fun to have Rick Monday stick around a little bit after the game. And uh, he definitely does answer the fan mail. We're witnesses to that and have been for the last 11 years. So pretty cool to see that. Weird night at Dodger Stadium. In the third inning, there was a drone delay. Uh, Dodger security spotted a drone. It looked like beyond right field, and they had both teams clear the field. And there was an eight-minute drone delay at Dodger Stadium. So that was something you don't usually see. The only other time I could think of a drone delay at Dodger Stadium was during the pandemic season when there were no fans in the stadium. And Kike Hernandez was uh, on a headset with Alana Rizzo. Alana was up in the suite while Kike was down by the dugout. And he was hilarious as always and entertaining as always. So there has been a drone delay before, just the first time with fans in the stands. But it was only eight minutes and please don't do that. Uh, It just complicates everything and uh, takes the game out of its rhythm. But nonetheless, uh, the Dodgers uh, got a good start from Julio Urias in his final start before the playoffs begin. And Julio wins the ERA title with a 216 mark. So Julio made his final case for the postseason or for the Cy Young Award and for the postseason. He has been outstanding. And you know, quite honestly, everybody talks about him having a chip on his shoulder for not getting uh, named to the all-star team. I'm sure that's part of it, but I really do believe the chip on his shoulder is proving to his own team that I can be the guy. I can be your game one starter. Let me go. Uh, let me go deep into the game because I am going to help you win. And we have seen that uh, back to 2020 when he helped the Dodgers win the World Series. So, Honestly, he has made a strong case, notwithstanding tonight. Tonight, if he would have gave up 10 runs, I still believe he should have been in consideration for the National League Cy Young Award. He just made another good case tonight. And look, Sandy Alcantara is an overpowering pitcher, and the Marlins have a different philosophy in pitching. The Marlins are not going anywhere after tomorrow. 
The Dodgers, since spring training, have had the playoffs as their number one goal all season long. They've been keeping that in the back of their mind. They took Clayton Kershaw out of a perfect game back in his first start in Minnesota because of the big picture. And they have managed Julio's innings all season long because of the big picture. So if you're going to try to match up innings, it's two different philosophies with two different teams going in two different directions. Miami is going south, no pun intended. The Dodgers are going to the postseason. They have more games to be played. Julio has more innings to be pitched. They could not be blown in the regular season. So give the Dodgers credit for managing his workload, and that shouldn't be held against him. His strikeout-to-walk ratio has been phenomenal all season long. Tonight, four strikeouts, one walk. He is not going to overpower you. That's not his style. That's not that's not the way he goes about getting uh, hitters out. He, he finds a way to pitch, and he doesn't have a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. He has a fastball with late life. He's got, a, he's got a great slurve that he's been throwing since he was pitching in Mexico, and that's, quite frankly, where his season turned around in 2020. And if you look at what he was doing coming into the game tonight, he had 162 strikeouts and only 40 walks. So add uh, add four more to that and one walk to that so he's been outstanding and certainly has made a strong case i would not be outraged if julio did not win the cy young award i would be outraged if he was not at least second place to sandy alcantara in the national league cy young voting that's what would outrage me those two guys have to be one two in any certain order Both guys have had great seasons in different ways. So I wouldn't be outraged if Julio didn't win, but I would be outraged if he was any lower than second place. Dave Roberts, after the game tonight, spoke about his uh, starting pitcher, who certainly has uh, shown him what he can do. I mean, obviously I'm biased, but he gets my vote. Um, He's been an ace for us all year long. Um, The consistency, the performance, and so... I still value uh, earn run average. Um, so he gets my vote. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of fun debating going on for the next couple months. And um, he's had a, he's backed up a great year with another great one. Yes, he has. Uh, if you look at what he has done since 2020, there's an argument to be made. He's the best pitcher in baseball for everything he's done. And he just wins. And last year, the argument against Julio, the only 20-game winner in baseball was, well, he had a lot of run support, and he didn't win the ERA title. Well, this year, he won the ERA title. So what's the argument now? He didn't pitch enough innings? Is that what you're going to hold against him? Uh, He won the ERA title. Uh, That means a lot. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Uh, As far as personal accolades, as far as Freddie Freeman goes, he has had an MVP caliber year. He was 0 for 4 tonight, and he has been 0 for his last 13, dropping his batting average to 322. He's trailing Long Beach State's Jeff McNeil of the Mets now in the batting race. McNeil, with one hit tonight, he was 1 for 4 for the Mets, is hitting 326, but... 
I do have hope for Freddie Freeman and Dodger fans. If Freddie goes four for four in the regular season finale tomorrow, he would finish at 327. McNeil would have to uh, go uh, one for four, and he would be hitting 326. He actually uh, went one for five in game two of the doubleheader today. So uh, McNeil is hitting 326. Freeman is hitting 322. So it will take uh, Freddie busting out of this mini slump over his last 13 to win the batting title. And by the way, in case you're wondering, yes, this is the first time all season long Freddie Freeman has gone hitless in three consecutive games. 866-987-2570. Let's go out to Mission Viejo. Bill, you're on Dodger Talk with David Vasse. Hi, Bill. Yeah, hi. Uh, just a little concerning uh, about the home run situation. It's like where the Dodgers have kind of tailed off the last three, four games. You see guys like uh, Bouchard, who's got three all-year homer, and I mean, you got to be concerned in the playoffs about the home run ball with the Dodger pitching, but hopefully that will be squared away. Uh, and, you know, Colorado is, doesn't exactly have, you know, people you can think of as power hitters. So that's why uh, it, hopefully they'll get that squared away when it comes time for the postseason pitching. Bill, I hate to say this, but it's reality. These six games against the Rockies really feel like spring training games. Uh, They're being played at Dodger Stadium, and there are certain individual awards and accolades going on, and guys have their own personal reasons to continue to be focused. But to me up here in the press box, it feels like spring training games. So I'm not concerned about any of this. Uh, This team has proven all season long they know how to win games. They've won 110 of them. So quite honestly, these six games really, to me, uh, are are an exercise in a lot of different ways for like a guy uh, like Andrew Heaney, who is getting used to coming out of the bullpen, for Freddie Freeman to try to win the batting title, for Chris Taylor and Cody Bellinger to get on track. So uh, that's what all of this for me is. I'm not too concerned about what we're seeing from the Dodgers. You're not worried about the home run ball like that is frequently, I mean, it's Betts is their best home run hitter, and which is a real accolade. But, boy, you know, it would be nice to get some uh, other power sources during the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they have guys. That's what they do. They, they have guys that can hit home runs. Max Muncy can hit home runs. Uh, Trey Turner has 20 home runs. And Mookie with the, with the team lead at 35. But in the playoffs, Bill, you're going to face number one and number two pitchers. Uh, you're going to have to do more than just hit home runs to score runs. Right. Be creative, exactly. But hopefully there'll be a balance there. Yeah, balance is always good. Let's go out to Bob in Vancouver, Washington. You're on Dodger Talk. Hi, Bob. Hi, Dave. Got a question. Get your opinion and thoughts. Rick was talking tonight about a new rule next year where the pitcher can only have two pickoff attempts on first base. After those two attempts, to me, that runner – can get an extra six or ten feet uh, towards yeah. second base. Yeah. And that, how do the players feel about that new rule? Have, do you know? Have you heard? Yeah, a lot of them think it's ridiculous. Don't forget, Bob, a lot of these rules were were voted no by the Players Association. The players did not want these drastic rule changes. And quite honestly, a lot of these rule changes 
seemed to be a futile exercise in trying to show that they're speeding up the game. But the commercial times uh, are, are a big reason why the games take as long as they do. The fact that pitchers can't throw strikes, we've seen that in this series, makes the game go longer as well. And I'm not saying get rid of the commercials. That's what pays the bills. But as they do in golf, you can have split screens where you see the first pitch of an inning while one ad is wrapping up on the left side of your TV screen. Golf does that all the time, and they're very successful where you won't you won't miss a pitch. To me, that would be the answer rather than having these drastic changes to the game that isn't broken. That's right. I agree with you, Dave. It's going to, be, going to create a whole new game almost, I think, because... You know, that runner can get such an extra big league. and uh, Yeah, and how about you know, the extra big base, Bob? Do you think that's going to encourage uh, runners to steal bases? I don't I don't see that doing much of anything to entice runners to try to steal. You don't, you don't think they'll, uh, with that extra lead, they can get a lot closer? Uh, the lead, yeah, but the base. I mean, why are you enlarging the bases? The only base I, to I enlarge, agree. if you wanted to, was first base to try to avoid any injuries where guys are stepping on each other or getting spiked. Um, you know, I, I'm. this is going to change the game drastically, Bob, more than what people think, and I feel like there's going to, going to be a lot of unintended consequences with some of these rule changes. I agree. You're good thinking, Dave. You do a good job. Keep it up. Okay, Bob, thank you for the phone call. Appreciate it. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. Uh, Clayton Kershaw in San Diego told me he wasn't a big fan of these rule changes. He wasn't a big fan of the pitch clock. He's not a big fan of the shift. He's uh, being eliminated. He's not a big fan of the bases being enlarged. So uh, just remember that. The players were not the ones that said, let's go ahead with these rule changes. This was a unilateral decision by Rob Manfred and his people. Speaking of Clayton Kershaw, he joined Joe Davis and Oral Hershiser during last night's game from the dugout, and they asked him about this team compared to others that he's been on. Obviously really good. I think obviously performance starts everything. So you win games, you're going to probably have a good culture, probably have good camaraderie with the guys. Um, but then I think this year it just is like um, there's like a, a fun, a little bit more fun, funness, that's not a word, but a little bit more funness with the group. And then um, I think there's just like that switch, which I really appreciate it. Like, hey, there's a time like that we all have a good time together, hang out together. And then there's a time where like, hey, let's just go win the game now, you know. And so I think everybody does a great job here of like, I guess it's called being a professional. You know, I think everybody does a great job of like, hey, when it's time to have a good time, we do it. And then when it's time to go win the game, we do that. And everybody just kind of on the same page. So it's uh, it's been fun to be a part of this group with that. And I just really respect everybody here. Like everybody takes responsibility for their actions really well and how they perform. And um, Tommy's change are so gross. But it's uh, it's just been great. And that was Tommy Canely on the mound as Kershaw continues to have change-up envy. Uh, man, I've never seen a man with so much envy of a pitch like Clayton Kershaw has of others' change-up. But there's a peek inside of what has made this team so good and so fun to watch and so much fun in the dugout that we see them have with each other for 110 wins. Now, the regular season, as you know, is one part of a baseball season. October, especially for the Dodgers, is the most important part 
of the season. 11 wins to win the World Series championship. Either they're going to finish with 110 wins or 111 wins in the regular season, depending on what happens tomorrow. Whatever it is, if they win the World Series championship, many, including myself, believe this has to be considered not just the greatest Dodger team of all time, but certainly one of the greatest teams in Major League Baseball history of all time. And I had a chance to catch up with Clayton Kershaw before the game tonight and asked him about the expectations that you have for this team going back to 08, his first playoff team when he was a rookie, and also 2013 when the Dodgers had their renaissance thanks to Mark Walter and the Guggenheim ownership to bring the Dodgers back and exceed any sort of success they have had in Los Angeles prior to this ownership. And here's what he said about the expectations for the Dodgers this season. So you've been here the longest. You made the postseason in 08 and 09. I know not many people remember that, but I do, Kirsch. So the expectations of where you were even in 08 and 2013 compared to the expectations you guys have now in 2022, are they different? Are they the same? Well, I mean, I think any team would say, like, once you make the playoffs, obviously your goal is to win the whole thing. Like, no one's no one's just going to admit that they're happy making the playoffs regardless of where you are. But at the same time, I do think um, different teams have different expectations. And, um, you know, when this team was put together, there was obviously a goal to win the World Series. And every team says that, but not a lot of teams can make that come to fruition. And especially the way our season's gone, like, I think I feel like everybody's kind of been anticipating October basically since May. So it's kind of like um, it's a big accomplishment. Don't get me wrong. Like making the postseason is a special thing, and there's a lot of guys that go their whole careers without making the postseason. So I, I don't take it for granted. But um, I think you are right to say, like from 2013 to now, the expectations probably have changed, um, which is a good thing. Expectations are a good thing for a team. So I do think overall, um, postseason is great, but. We'd love, to, we'd love to win the last one this year for sure. No doubt. And think about this. You know, Bill Plaschke asked Dave Roberts about the excitement in Seattle over making the postseason for the first time in 21 years. That is so different than what is going on here in Los Angeles. If you think back to 2013, L.A. was really excited. The Dodgers won the division and were swimming in the Diamondbacks swimming pool at Chase Field. Because they were at the rock bottom of this franchise's history, thanks to the prior owner, Frank McCourt. I mean, things were not looking great with Frank McCourt as the owner. Mark Walter, Magic Johnson, Todd Bowley come in. The Guggenheim ownership comes in, and all of a sudden, they're a player again. And not only a player, but a very dominant force in Major League Baseball, where they're going after the top players, as they should, if you're owning the Dodgers. And in 2013, it was the first time in a long time there was hope that the Dodgers could win the World Series. And in 2022, after 10 years of winning divisions, winning NL pennants, winning a World Series in 2020, those expectations are now in a a different way um, maybe the Dodgers' burden because of their success. Uh, You can't compare what's happening in Seattle as far as them being excited over making the playoffs for the first time in 21 years to what the Dodgers have going here in Los Angeles. 
They have a lot of good players. They've been talking about October. Dave Roberts guaranteed a World Series championship in spring training. So how could you uh, how could you not be thinking about anything less than winning the World Series championship? And those players, uh, believe me, that is all that's on their mind. But they have had a great season, and I know we've all enjoyed it. I don't believe many of us have taken it for granted. Maybe you have, but if you did, you missed a great season, a great summer of Dodger baseball. In fact, the greatest summer of Dodger baseball because no other Dodger team has won 110 games. But you look at last night, 52,000 here at Dodger Stadium. You look at tonight's crowd, uh, a big crowd, 51,833 on the second to last day of the regular season for a team that doesn't have much to play for. I mean, that is passion that you don't see anywhere else across Major League Baseball. Trust me, I go to these different stadiums with the Dodgers. Their fan bases aren't even close to what the Dodgers have, and those players realize it. Players that have played for other organizations and have come here and played for the Dodgers uh, marvel at the fact that there is so much passion for this team, and that's why 11 wins is a very real possibility, and it all starts next Tuesday here at Dodger Stadium. The Dodgers will host either the New York Mets or the San Diego Padres because the National League and American League playoff fields are set. The Phillies and Cardinals will play in one bracket of the National League wildcard playoffs, and uh, the winner of that series will play the NL East champs, the Atlanta Braves. And Kenley Jansen was on the mound tonight for Atlanta as they clinched the NL East for the fifth consecutive season. 2-2. In the air to right field, Ronald Acuna back. Ronald is under it. The Braves have won it again. For the fifth year in a row, the Braves are champions of the National League East. What a team. And what a summer as they hunted down the Mets, passed them, and the Braves have won 101 games, and the celebration is theirs. Yeah, the Atlanta Braves were down 10 and a half games to the Mets this summer, and they chased them down and are the National East champions for the fifth consecutive year. So there's a very good chance we will see Dodgers-Braves again in the NLCS for a third consecutive season. Remember, the Dodgers beat the Braves coming back from a 3-1 deficit in the bubble in 2020, and then last year the Braves winning the World Series championship on the way beating the Dodgers in six games in the NLCS. So it looks like Dodgers-Braves in the NLCS are on a collision course, but the Dodgers still have to take care of business against either the Mets or Padres in the NLDS. And the one thing the Dodgers have in their advantage is that these three games that the Mets and Padres are going to play are all in City Field in New York. So whether or not a team wins two games or forces a game three, they're going to be all played at City Field because that's the format. The team with the higher seed will host all three games if necessary. Um, So whoever wins that series is going to have to come all the way back to the West Coast to face a well-rested Dodger ball club next Tuesday night here at Dodger Stadium. Speaking of New York, the American League team, the New York Yankees, 
I have a very special player in Aaron Judge who is looking to break Roger Maris's American League home run record tonight. It was a doubleheader in Texas, and Judge was leading off for the Yankees in game two of the doubleheader when he made history. Here's the 1-1. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 62nd. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. Just think of it. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27. The Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run the most home runs any American leaguer has hit in a single season. And that was John Sterling on the Yankees radio network as history was made in Texas tonight. Aaron Judge, his 62nd home run of the year, breaking Roger Maris's American League home run record. And, man, Everybody has fun in that new ballpark in uh, in Arlington, except the Rangers. The Dodgers uh, won the World Series there. Aaron Judge breaks the American League home run record there, and the Yankees now in 99 wins. The Rangers 67 and 94. Corey Seager, for the first time in his major league career, will not be playing October baseball. We're going to take a time out here on Dodger Talk. When we come back, we'll check in with Jose Moda and get his thoughts on what he saw from Andrew Heaney, Julio Urias in the Cy Young race, and also where things stand with the Dodgers on the eve of the final game of the regular season. Dodgers fall to the Rockies tonight 5-2 on AM570 LA Sports. On air at AM570, online at am570lasports.com, and available by podcast on the iHeartRadio app. This is Dodger Talk with David Bassett. Will he be one of the 26 next week? Bringing a high fly ball into right center field. Hampson at the wall, and it is gone a home run. And that is why Joey Gallo is here. He can deposit them to far distant places. Gallo's 19th home run of the year. He's knocked in 47, and he has tied the score at two. Joey Gallo, a very powerful man. When he makes contact, it goes far. He tied the game at two tonight in the fifth inning, but the Rockies came back with a two-run home run from Randall Gritchick off of Andrew Heaney in the seventh inning to beat the Dodgers tonight 5-2. to two. David Vasse live at Dodger Stadium. This is Dodger Talk until 11.30 tonight. Daniels Jewelers home run forecast congratulates Ellie Cellini of San Diego. Ellie receives a $50 Daniels Jewelers gift card for playing. And for your chance to win a $50 gift card, go to am570lasports.com slash home run we'll hear from andrew friedman in just a moment but first let's check in with jose moda and jose we finally have clarity on who the dodgers may play in game one of the nlds next tuesday night it's either going to be the mets or the padres yes sir i think it's wonderful obviously uh, how the uh, world champion the world series champions took care of their own business uh head-to-head against 
the New York Mets. Uh, there's a lot of pressure in New York right now. Um, this actually kind of puts a scope on what these rotations are going to be looking like um, because now they can line things up ideally for them. And also it'll have an effect with either team as to what the Dodgers see early in their DS starting October 11th. This actually plays out well for the Dodgers. Uh, whether they face the Mets or the Padres, they probably will only see their two best starters once in the NLDS if they have to play that best of three wild card series, right, Jose? That is exactly. I mean, and you know, the Mets are thankful that tomorrow is not a difference maker for them, especially because they don't have to go out there and use uh, the Grom. But overall. The Dodgers know what they need to do, regardless of who they face. Other of these teams have three good starters go out there and, and get you at some blank zero, okay? So, Dave, it's going to come down to, you know, the urgency of execution early in games. Jose Moda is joining us after the Dodgers fall to the Rockies 5-2 to two tonight. Julio Urias wins the National League ERA title. For you, Jose, what's it going to come down to for voters to decide who is the National League Cy Young Award winner? Because both of these pitchers, Sandy Alcantara and Julio Urias, have been phenomenal in their own ways. I think it's going to come down to just picking apart every single detail as to who the opponents were that these guys faced. What style of managing was used for each one of these pitchers, as you described early very well. And also, how did you do in the toughest times of the game against those lineups? It can be just based on innings pitched, uh, because last year, if the purpose and the goal of a pitcher is to win games, well, he won 20 games last year and he didn't win it. So they picked apart so many things on Julio unfairly, I think. But you know what? Be fair this time and look at everything that you need to look at uh, with the modern-day numbers, with obviously the ERA pluses and the whips, and go back to the traditional, the innings pitch. Uh, in those innings that Julio pitched, how efficient was he? How good was he to save your bullpen? Uh, how many more, perhaps, pitches did he have in a normal situation? And who did he face? And plus that, you know, on top of that, and something very important that Cy Young winners have told me this, and 20-game winners have told me this. Once you do that, that bullet on, you know, behind you, it's the bullseye is so much bigger that Julio had to bear down this season and take care of his conditioning, take care of being more efficient, working faster, not letting an umpire's call or an error, you know, get in the way. So I hope they scrutinize everything they need to scrutinize because uh, uh, Julio got robbed last year. There's no way he, as you mentioned, should not finish at least second if he doesn't win it. But to us, of course, he's going to get our vote. Do you feel like Julio was pitching with a chip this season on his shoulder? I do. And there's it's something great about that to go out there and prove to people that uh, it was not a fluke, that the runs that he got support with last season, well, he took advantage of that. Uh, coming into today, just the last three or four games, he has not gotten the run support, but it doesn't take away of him giving his team the quality starts. In fact, Julio had more quality starts this season than last season when he won 20 games, and all those things matter. But I do like attitudes, and I really do like guys to go out there and say, I have something to prove, and one of them is that, number one, I got robbed. Number two is that I'm a darn good pitcher, and I can be better. And I think he was better overall performance-wise, execution-wise, and maturity-wise here in, in 2022. 
On the flip side, offensively, Freddie Freeman was chasing down the batting title and 200 hits. He still may do that if he gets four hits tomorrow, but for the first time all season long, Freddie was hitless for a third straight night. What do you attribute that to? Well, good pitching, number one. The Rockies have uh, shown the Dodgers they have pitched well, even though they are the worst team uh, ERA-wise in, in all of baseball. Uh, but I think Freddie perhaps has gotten just a little bit off, off kilt, um, especially as we talked about last night on, on the pull side of things. And even when he's hitting the ball the other way, it's not with the same authority that he had been hitting you know, throughout the season. But this is not unusual, Dave. I mean, uh, these are human beings. They're not robots. And, and you know very well, you've seen it so many times when guy gets so close that sometimes things do change. I don't think he's being pitched to any differently by just uncertain pitches that he knows he should be scoring up. He's not scoring up. Do you feel like these games against the Rockies have that spring training kind of feel, Jose, as certain guys have certain things they're trying to accomplish before the postseason starts, similar to spring training where they have certain things they want to accomplish before game one of the regular season? In a way, it reminds me of that, um, but only in, in the manner of, like, guys, there's something else we're playing for, and here we are. Uh, last few games of spring training, uh, there's a big season coming up. And that's the only thing, Dave, that I can really relate to. Guys take, you know, the field between the white lines trying to win, especially when you're responsible for 50-plus thousand every single night. And you're responsible for your own stats, obviously, and you want to finish off strong. But um, I do agree with you in a way. It's almost like, okay, guys, let's just get this over with and go out there and take care of the rest and the next thing that's going to be even bigger. So hopefully tomorrow we'll see a, a better finish. Uh, better performance offensively. Uh, I don't know what kind of lineup we're going to see out there tomorrow, but overall, my main concern right now is at this point, as you mentioned earlier, you reported, you know, Chris Taylor is going to be healthy, he thinks, and there's no major issues to report in terms of position players and the Dodgers being short a key player out there on the field. Jose, tomorrow, Clayton Kershaw on the mound for the final time this regular season. He obviously commands the highest attention and focus from the guys behind him. Dave Roberts had said an abbreviated start for Kershaw. Does that mean five innings? Does that mean less than five innings? How did you take that? I would say hopefully, I would say five. I mean, knowing Kershaw, um, there's some things he's want to accomplish, obviously, where the lineup turns around, and obviously if he gets in a jam, what is he going to go to? Uh, you get to the point where from going from 85 to 100 pitches is not going to do it. Obviously, he's not going to go 100 pitches, but um, I, don't, I just don't want to see it short because he's going to have this prolonged time off in which you're going to keep the arm built as, as where it is. Um, the one thing that's not going to be missed is competitive edge. So in short, Dave, uh, five innings, hopefully five innings, 75, five innings, 80, but uh, I don't want to see less than that myself. All right, Jose, we'll talk about it after the game tomorrow. We'll see you out here tomorrow morning at Dodger Stadium for the final regular season game of this spectacular season. One more time, unbelievable. <laughs> there he goes. Jose Moda, Dodger broadcaster, was alongside Pepe Iniguez and the great Fernando Valenzuela in the Dodgers' Spanish radio booth tonight. Like he mentioned, Chris Taylor had a chance to talk to him before the game today. His neck was moving around more freely, and he was emphatic when I asked him whether or not he would be ready for the NLDS. He said, oh, yeah, I will be ready for game one of the NLDS. So that's a great sign because he was starting to swing the bat much better before that neck stiffened up on him, similar 
to the way it stiffened on him last September. He said it is the same type of injury, but the Dodgers treated it with a cortisone injection much quicker to free up the neck. Speaking of Dodger injuries and question marks, Blake Trinan and Dustin May both on the injured list. Trinan a little bit more serious in my estimation because he's still trying to get that right shoulder to respond. Dustin May, on the other hand, his back seems to be healthy, and now the Dodgers are just trying to get the pitching mechanics uh, back in line before they they say, yes, you're on the NLDS roster. Andrew Friedman was in the booth with Joe Davis and Oral Hershiser tonight on Sportsnet LA. Lucky for them, he was in there during the eight-minute drone delay because they could ask him more questions like where Trinan and May stand. I think Dustin's in a really good spot. Tomorrow will be a big test for him. Uh, Blake is someone who wants it so badly, so much so that you sometimes have to parse his words and try to read things because of how badly he wants it. But watched his pen yesterday, and it was way better than what I was lazily expecting in terms of stuff fall out of hand, um, which was really encouraging. Now, as he starts to build up and faces hitters and deals with the comeback from that, you know, we'll see where we're at with all these guys, but, you know, we feel like that everyone's kind of trending in that right direction for us to be able to put together a really complete staff. All right, that was Andrew Friedman in the booth with Joe Davis and Oral Hershiser, and that's the latest on Blake Trinan and Dustin May. Uh, I said this to Fred Rogan earlier today. I am no longer giving Blake Trinan catch updates. I let Trinan know that's my stance moving forward, and he appreciated that. I said, if we see you on the mound, then we have something to talk about in a major league game. So we'll see where it goes between now and next Tuesday, whether or not Trinan and Dustin May and or Dustin May are on the NLDS roster. If you had to ask me today, there's a better chance that Dustin May is on the NLDS roster than Blake Trennan, but by no means do I believe uh, May for sure has a spot on that roster. I don't know how Connor McGinnis and Mark Pryor are evaluating May since I've only seen him throw off flat ground. I know he's had a bullpen session, so if they feel like he has better feel for his pitches and better command for his pitches because of the mechanics that they're helping align out there, then he'll be on the roster. If they, don't, if they feel like he needs more time, then probably on the NLCS roster. But you have to get through the first round. So you want to have your best 13 on that roster in the NLDS. So uh, that's where it stands with the Dodger pitching staff. And, man, I love that Friedman was in the booth during that drone delay because, you know, you could just imagine he agrees to come in for an inning. He has no idea there's going to be an eight-minute drone delay, so he has to sit there on camera to help fill time and answer even more questions from Joe and Oral, which allowed them to ask that Trinan and May question. I love that. That was great. Thank you. Well, no, no thank you for that drone delay. Anyway, tomorrow, the finale of this regular season for the Dodgers and Rockies. The Dodgers have more games to play. The Rockies will not after tomorrow. Kershaw will be on the mound. Kershaw Day in game 162. It will be his 23rd start of the season. He's 11-3 and with an ERA of 230. We do not know who the Rockies starter is going to be. They placed Chad Cool on 
on the injured list earlier today. One thing we know for sure, Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck begins at noon with first pitch of game 162 at 120 here at Dodger Stadium. Thanks to Colin Yee back at our Burbank studios. Thanks to Jake Warner out here at Dodger Stadium. Thinking about our guy, Dwayne McDonald, always. He's been with us all season long. And thanks to you for listening. In case you missed any of the show, you could podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Once again, the final score from Dodger Stadium. The Rockies defeat the Dodgers 5-2. to two. Big Ben Maller is next on Fox Sports Radio. Have a great rest of your night. See ya. Ride it, you won't just can't ride it no more.